Young Pro Show, hosted by Dom Fry, the insurance guy. Would you still do something great if nobody ever saw it? A podcast for young professionals to come together and talk about their goals and their path to get there. And if I fail, I'll fail forward. I sit down with other forward-thinking individuals and talk about what they are doing to accomplish their dreams of tomorrow. Maintaining strength while living in your purpose. Mm. Now let's dive into the next legendary episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Young Pro Show, hosted by Dom Fry, the insurance guy. Last episode I had on Elliot Hartzler, an audio engineer, uh, a really unique and fun uh perspective and story that he had you know I love just listening to everybody's different stories and how they you know how they've gotten to where they are in their career and what got started with it and for him it was a volunteer experience that he had in high school and he started volunteering um, and just absolutely loved it loved the audio the engineering aspect of it and you know sound and that has really guided his career guided his you know college decision his degree and, you know, here it is a decade later, and he is in that industry working full-time. Uh, it's just really cool and awesome to see, and again, especially with getting started from a volunteer opportunity. Today's episode, I am very, very excited for. Somebody that has been on my bulletin board from the get-go. Uh, you know, he, he was probably one of the heavy hitters, one of the people I really wanted to interview right off the bat. But, you know, as a uh, smart podcast host, I didn't want to just have bring all these heavy hitters right off the bat. I had to slowly, you know, let them come out over the weeks. And this one is, uh, I know he's going to be awesome. He's going to be exciting. He's going to be fun as a great personality. And I'm really excited to interview and to dive into um, the story and the career journey of the Tom Gerbrick. Tom, how's it going? Wow, Dom, I am great. Thank you so much for asking. Thanks for having me. Um, if I wasn't doing Splendid already, I am now. That's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear. Um, you know, Tom, yeah, we've been friends for quite a long time. He is, you know, my right-hand man, vice president of the Tennis League. Um, you mm. know, that's a pretty, that's a lot of responsibility. Um, you know, we've uh, I don't really know how I even became the president. I feel like you actually do more for the league than I do. But um, the joke Hey, everybody on. has to have a figurehead, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Just pull the strings behind their back. Yes, precisely. <laughs> precisely. Oh, man. Well, let's jump into it. Uh, we're just going to start with a couple rapid-fire questions just to get to know hmm. a little bit more about you as an individual uh, and just, yeah, a little bit more about you personally. So first question I have for you is where were you born and raised at, Tom? I was born in Akron, Ohio, um, Akron Children's Hospital, specifically room 324. Um, wow. I, the room number is a total lie. Um, <laughs> but Akron Children's Hospital uh, and grew up in the suburbs of Akron. Nice. So were you neighbors like with LeBron growing up? Uh, yes. If he would have sent his kids to public school while he lived in Akron, they would have been in the same district as me. Sent his, I'm trying to, wait, how old is LeBron? Uh, he's like 45 or so. His kids would have been like, (laughs) I said LeBron, not Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't he close to as old? Um, yeah. Let's see. He was drafted in 01 as an 18 year old. 
So he's like 38. Huh. But his kids obviously would not have been in high school with me. Right. But I think they would have been in like second grade or something when I was a senior. I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. So I guess long story short, you weren't friends with LeBron growing up. Okay. We weren't, I you... but I drove past his house occasionally. Oh, nice. That's not creepy at all. <laughs> okay, second question for you, Tom. What is your legal first name? Um, wow. Uh, Dom, this could be hard for you to hear, but it is actually legally Thomas. Although um, you may believe it's Tominic. I was going to say, that is incorrect. That was, you know, I'm asking these questions as if you know the answer, but there is a right, this isn't an opinion. This is a right or wrong, and Thomas hmm. is wrong. Uh, your, oh. your first name is definitely Tominic. Wow. Um, I, as much as I would like to, that to be true, my birth certificate tells me otherwise. Uh, I think that's fake news. Fun, fun story about me and Tom. First time I ever met him was when, uh, I guess this is kind of an inside joke between the two of us. I met him and I literally shook his hand and said, hey, and this was obviously pre-COVID and everything. And, you know, shook his hand and said, hey, you know, my name's Dominic. And he looks at me straight faced and says, oh, that's cool. My name's Tomnick. And it was like, uh, I'm trying to think of what that Will Ferrell movie is, but it was like that scene about, do we just become best friends? Like, I just started laughing, and I'm like, what the world? I'm like, this, like, one sentence, like, basically perfectly captures, like, my sense of humor, and clearly he has the same sense of humor. And um, For sure, for sure. Yeah, well, we got a good laugh out of that, and that was awesome. Definitely one of my proudest moments of my life was <laughs> totally off the cuff, totally unplanned, in the moment comment. Yes. Love it. Uh, Third question I have for you, Tom, and I know you are an interesting guy. You have a lot of, um, (laughs) I don't know how else to put it besides interesting, but what is a unique (laughs) hobby that you have? I feel like, you know, you're somebody that like does a lot of different things and you're pretty good at basically everything you do. Like what is a, (laughs) either a hobby or what is a unique fun fact about you? Um, you know, I'll, I'll go the hobby route. Um, I am an avid board game fan. Um, I have several shelves of board games in my house. Um, and yeah, I enjoy playing, um, board games of all different types, but yeah, I would say it's not like super, super rare, but I am way more into board games than the average Joe. Wow. Okay. Really, really rapid questions then here. Yes. I'm sure you're probably going to have a game coming to mind. If it's you and Marin, two people, what's the go-to mm. game? Ooh. See, two-player games are hard. Um, I would say probably a game called Patchwork, though. Patchwork. Never heard of it. Okay, four people. Nicole <laughs> and I come. We come to visit. Four people. What's the go-to game? Settlers of Catan. All day. All right, six. We got a, two, two more Ooh. people come. What's the game? What's the go-to game for six people? See, I feel like when you get to six people, they don't really... There's got to be somebody who's not great at board games and doesn't know a ton. So we're probably mm-hmm. going sequence because it's a game everybody can play and I really enjoy. <laughs> I love it, man. It's such the rapid fire. Uh, I figured you'd have some reason behind. Six? That's all. Uh, all right. Last one, eight. We have eight people. You know what? Ten. Mm-hmm. Let's just make it a good even wow. number. Ten. Ten people come uh, over. What's the go-to? I'm going Avalon. Mafia type game. Um, yeah. Avalon, that is a fun game to play. I think I think I've played Avalon before. You have played it, yes. I've, pro- 
Oh, have I played it with you before? Yeah. Uh, you have. Well, it was an enjoyable time, and I definitely remember it. <laughs> Clearly, very left a really uh, nice impression there. <laughs> okay, so tell me, Tom. You know, in a sentence or two, what professionally and career-wise, like, what are you doing today? Hmm. So, oh, I got to choose my words wisely um, since you said a sentence or two, and I just used one there. Uh, <laughs> I am in youth and college ministry um, at H2O Church as my full-time job. Okay. And I'll, I'll add, I coach track as well. Nice. What, what events in track? Long distance, so 800 to 2 mile. Nice. The best distance. Of okay. course. Let's, so we're going to go back in time then. Go back to you being born at the Akron Children's Hospital. And then <laughs> now that we're at this date, we're going to go 18 years ahead of you being at the hospital. So you're 18 years mm-hmm. old. You graduate high school. At this point, what were kind of your career goals and what were you thinking um, you know, as you were graduating high school for the next step? Dude, I had no clue. Um, yeah, that was an interesting process for me. Interesting time. I applied to like tons of colleges, had no clue what my major was going to be. Um, I had kind of narrowed it down though, to youth ministry, education, and like marketing. Um, but really had no career goals at all was, yeah, just trying to find something that I felt like I would enjoy at that point. So did you go into college as undecided then, or did you choose yeah, like one of these Yeah, I was undecided for a semester. Okay. For a semester? So then after semester, which one did you choose? Yeah, so I studied youth ministry. Okay, so you did go into I didn't know, you know, if it was one of those things like you went into the marketing, tried that for a semester and said, this ain't mm-hmm. me, and then switched it up. Um so what made you choose the youth ministry then after a semester? Yeah. Um, you know, there were a lot of things. I think um, I was able to take some classes in each of those fields that first semester as an undecided major um, and realized I didn't love um, marketing and like, um, yeah, there were some aspects of it I liked, but um, I didn't think I would love that. Um, and really wanted to do something that like gave back and made an impact on people. Um, and so I was pretty torn between education and youth ministry because I think they, they can both be, be similar. Um, honestly, this could be bad to say at that time, part of it was I thought youth ministry would be more fun. Um, but, but another part of it was I just thought about who I was and like how my life was impacted in my first 18 years and like wanted to be able to help other people who were in similar places that I was. So when you say that, like, did you have positive experiences then with other like, you know, youth, um, youth pastors, youth ministers then growing Mm -hmm. up? Yeah, for sure. So I would say like one of the most influential people in my life growing up was my youth pastor. Um, and yeah, teenage years were pretty tough for me. Um, and yeah, through that youth ministry, um, really had my life impacted a lot. So, huh. 
that's really awesome. That's cool that, you know, you had such yeah. a positive experience with the youth pastor, then that was, you know, kind of what was a huge, uh, you know, factor in making that decision to go into hmm, youth for ministry. For sure. So you end up, you know, you graduate uh, with youth ministry. Was there anything, like, I guess, like, throughout college then, you know, so you're kind of undecided, you choose youth ministry, like, were there experiences during those college years that either, like, you know, made you confirm and say, like, yep, this is definitely something mm-hmm. I want to go into? Um, or was it kind of just, you know, roll with the punches or pretty much the same feeling, I guess, you had at the start of that spring semester freshman year continued or you felt even more and more confident as the years went by? Yeah, I would say I felt more and more confident. Um, obviously, in ministry, like so much of that is your personal faith. And so, um, yeah, I think my personal faith grew a ton in mm-hmm. college. And like through that, I I felt that addressing spiritual needs was even more important than addressing like educational needs, um, which I think are definitely important. But I think my heart for... Um, yeah, those spiritual needs and those deeper underlying needs um, really grew during college. And yeah, definitely felt reassured of my my path. I would say um, that it did um, get, get a little bit um, varied, I guess, um, at that point, as I really enjoyed college ministry, too. That was something I did a lot of when I was in college. Um, and so... Yeah, I I really wanted to do youth ministry, but I also wanted to do college ministry too, um, which is kind of cool because I'm now at a place where I'm doing both. Huh, that is really cool. Awesome how that's worked out. Yeah, for sure. So then you graduate college, and you know, were you looking at specifically just with youth ministry then, or were you also looking like at college ministry at that time, um, <laughs> or you know, was there mission field potentially on the horizon, you know, to go overseas or like, what did things look like for you as you graduated? Yeah, definitely. Um, there were, there were a lot of things on the radar that, um, I think all those things that you mentioned were on my radar. Um, but as it got closer and closer, was able to kind of sort through those things and, um, yeah, get really excited about youth ministry. Um, yeah, part of that, I think was kind of um, that for a lot of college ministry positions, you have to raise your own support to be able to mm-hmm. do that. And honestly, coming right out of college, I really did not want to do that. Um, I wanted more of a standard job. And so that made youth ministry a little more appealing than college ministry. But I was looking into both of those at that time. And was there like a certain location that you were looking at or you were looking at, you know, pretty much uh, anything in the U.S. or you wanted to stay in Ohio? Uh, You know, what were Uh, the limiting factors for you? Yeah, I would say both of those. I did want to stay in Ohio, but I also looked anywhere in the U.S. I applied in California, D.C. Um, Yeah, youth pastor jobs are like semi-rare. Not every church has them. And you know, there aren't tons of available youth pastor positions. And so I was willing to travel anywhere, but was really hoping to stay closer to home. So what did you end up, what was the first job for you then outside of college? Did you end up getting that California job and living on the beach? (laughs) 
Um, no, but I actually had an interview in DC that I was highly considering. I was between that and a job up in Liberty Center, Ohio, um, which is, yeah, just Northwest Ohio. Um, and so was between those two jobs and ended up taking the job, um, at Liberty Center in Liberty Center at Liberty Chapel United Methodist Church. And I was a youth pastor there for about five years. Um, so I'm really interested in this answer from you, Tom. When you first yeah. said Liberty Center, you said that it, you know, at Liberty Center, it's just in Northwest Ohio. Uh, yeah. Can you ex- can you explain what do you mean by that? What did you mean it was in just Northwest Ohio? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know what I meant with the word just, but my goal with that was the fact that probably 90% of your listeners would not know where that is. Um, and so I figured that it would be helpful to provide a broader geographical location. Um, and yeah, I, the word just, I, I, I don't know, honestly. Okay. Okay. That, that's good to know. I'm glad that I clarified that. I just wanted to make sure you weren't, you know, speaking poorly on God's country. Um, in oh, absolutely. Ohio. Not. In the Fort County no. area. So, um, I still yeah, and, basically live there, so. You're right. We're just, uh, what, 30 minutes east, 40 minutes east? Yes, sir. 30, um, yeah. But, you know, and you're right. You know, the Young Pro Show is a international podcast, so, you know, there are probably a lot of people that um, are would be confused with where Liberty Center is. So I'm glad that <laughs> you clarified where it's located, and I'm glad for my sake that I clarified, you know, what you meant by the term just. For sure, for sure. So you take this position, you said at, at Liberty Chapel, you were there for five years. Um, <clears throat> you know, I guess briefly kind of describe what you're, you know, for you professionally and within your role there, like what did those five years look like? Um, you know, you mentioned that you were there five years, so that is not some place where you are currently. So uh, kind of what those five years look like and what was kind of the decision thought process to leave? Yeah, that's some good deductive reasoning there to figure out that I'm no longer there. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so so those five years were honestly really good. I enjoyed my job a lot. Feel like I grew a lot as a person and in my job. Um, Yeah, I I think doing youth ministry, you are really involved in the lives of teenagers and also the community, and so. Yeah, there were a lot of different things. I would say I would regularly lead a youth group and would be teaching lessons. And um, part of that is leading games, too, which is pretty fun. Um, And then just spending time with people, um, whether that be at their sporting events or concerts, um, finding ways to hang out and grab breakfast, um, just being able to, um, yeah, help people spiritually, which a lot of that comes from just... um, time together as you um yeah kind of rub shoulders with a lot of people um and yeah go ahead uh so i guess i was just gonna say then so you know this was your first job out of college so you felt like again you know you're undecided you choose youth ministry you end up getting the first job then you know these uh, you felt like you had a lot of positive experiences and you really enjoyed youth ministry yeah absolutely Absolutely. I really, um, yeah, I'm happy 
um, with the career field I picked. Um, it's just really cool to be able to impact other people's lives. And um, yeah, I guess too, as you were talking, gave me a second to think some other key pieces of that was I ran like an after school program um, and led fellowship of Christian athletes at the local high school. Um, do, doing things like that as well. Um, really just like being able to impact individuals lives um, makes all that time and energy you put in worth it. For sure. And like you said, it's cool to, you know, the individual impact that you're able to make, you know, on people, but then as well, you know, especially in a small town, you know, like Liberty Center, being able to have an impact in the community, you know, and being able to, yeah. you know, be involved in, um, you know, you're, uh, uh, what's the old saying, uh, you know, a big fish in a small pond, and you know, you're able <laughs> sure. to make more, more of an impact in the, uh, I was about to say the city, but more like the town of, you know, maybe yeah. even... Actually, it's Liberty Center. Yeah, Liberty Center is a town, right? That's not just a high school. Yeah. Yep. Liberty Center is a real town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say so. What one thing that uh, your your big big fish in a small pond comment that jumps out to me, um, which I'm derailing us a little, and I hope you'll forgive me for. Um, my first day of work there, I got interviewed and was on the front page of the local newspaper for like moving in and the new youth pastor getting started there. So definitely <laughs> that like big fish in a small pond type thing. For how was that for like, was that intimidating at first or cause you know, you were a little bit different, like from being from the Akron area and it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, the same type of setting. Like was that, uh, I mean, obviously it was an adjustment, but was it like a hard adjustment for you or uh, relatively simple to adjust to that? Yeah, I would say that part of the culture was definitely simple to adjust to. It was honestly kind of funny, like just how different things were. And like, you know, you don't expect cultural differences moving across the state. You expect those when you mm-hmm. travel to a foreign country. And so I honestly thought it was enjoyable and pretty funny how, um, yeah, certain things were just like very different in those two different locations. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, that is funny that, cause especially like you said, you weren't really expecting that by moving <laughs> what three hours West, you two, know? two and a half, two, yeah. two and a half, you know, but you still were, and then you get out there <laughs> and you see <laughs> your front page. Yeah, you're, you're like, I guess I just think, you know, cause my experience was almost the exact opposite, you know, being from mm-hmm. Pettisville and like, I mean, I could walk into basically any grocery store anywhere and basically meet somebody and say, okay, well, where are you from? Like, who are your kids? Where do they go to school at? What sports they play? <laughs> and make some connection with everybody. And it's like, now it's kind of a transition for me living in Finley. And it's like, okay, well, I don't know anybody. I, I can't just walk up to people and say, well, hey, how am I related to you? Who are you related to? This is who I'm related to. And, and this is how we are actually seventh cousins if you go down the line. That's really cool. You know, and I'm not able to do that. But it, I naturally feel like it, um, not naturally, but I feel like it might be easier for somebody in my circumstance because it's like, okay, well, I was used to small town and maybe it's easier to just kind of fit into a little bit larger of a city compared to the exact opposite. And again, you're used to like, okay, yeah, like, um, not to feel like you're just another person, but it's like, well, you know, no big deal. And then all of a sudden you get a job here and you're on the front page of the newspaper in (laughs) 
a city where, you know, at that time, you don't know anybody. And you're like, what the world? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was kind of weird at first, but definitely <laughs> grew to enjoy it. Like, yeah, like you said, in Akron, like, if I bumped into somebody at the grocery store I knew, it was like the weirdest thing. Versus in Liberty <laughs> Center, if I didn't bump into somebody anywhere I went out, it was like, what is going on here? <laughs> I don't think I have ever been to the like I even I even keep track of it now but every single time I go <laughs> to the Walmart and Wasion mm. literally for the last like 10 years I have seen at least one person that I know even if I literally <laughs> just run in and buy a gift card right there by the checkout and walk out in between the parking lot the f- literally two minutes in the store and then walking back out to my car I see somebody that I recognize and I'm like what the world man this is crazy <laughs> For sure, for sure. And I bet you've never walked in the Finley Mall, Walmart and seen anyone you know, or maybe once or twice. <laughs> yeah, very, very rarely. Um, but yeah, no, that's cool. And that was, yeah, that actually, I did not know that you were on the front page of the newspapers. That's a really, that's, <laughs> that should be your fun fact, man. Uh, <laughs> that should be, that should be. <laughs> so you're at Liberty Chapel for five years. Um, you know, what was the next step? You know, five years decent amount of time you know when you think about it, it's half yeah. a decade um you yeah. know what was kind of in your thought process to you know leave liberty chapel mm. yeah there were a lot of things it it was definitely really hard i had grown to um love that small community there and like really found a home there um but there were definitely several things that played into it um i think one um so i got married in that time and when we got married we moved like 25 minutes away from liberty center and so um ministry is just a hard job to commute to and from um because some days you're working at 6 a.m and some days you're working at 10 p.m um and every hour in between um Mm. so as opposed to an eight to five job where commuting 30 minutes isn't terrible um it's really hard to be super involved in people's lives um, and to be ready to meet people at the drop of a hat when you live 30 minutes away. Um, And so that definitely factored into it as well. Um, And then honestly, part of it was my personal spiritual health. Um, Felt like I just needed to kind of step away from ministry for a season. Um, And and yeah, that, that was important for me to do to make sure I was continuing to grow spiritually as well. Uh, you know, that is interesting. I guess I don't know if I've really thought about that before. Like, you know, and it makes sense. You mentioned how with, you know, being in youth ministry, how, again, we just talked about, you know, being on the front page of the newspaper and how involved you were with the community and with these teenagers' lives and how it is difficult and much different than a traditional, you know, nine to five job where it's like, okay, if you commute whatever it's just uh you know it's not that big of a deal compared to being so interactive and needing to you know on a whim being able to go and meet with teenagers be involved with this group in the morning this group in the evening this group after school and um you know just being able to be a support system for them can be difficult when you're trying to commute um yeah for sure so how long did you commute for at liberty chapel um let me think it was just about a year that I did that for, um, yeah, just over a year. Okay. So you did that for, 
um, commuted for a year, then you decided, you know, for your, you know, personal spiritual health as well to leave, what was the next step in your career from there then? Like, did you get into youth ministry, um, you know, someplace local then where you and your Mm -hmm. wife and where Marin had moved in? Um, or what was the next step? Yeah, in terms of career, I just took a little break. Um, I did some side jobs to be able to make money. I substitute taught in like five districts and like drove Uber and Lyft um, just to be able to get by. Um, But my wife was finishing up grad school. And so as Maram was doing that, I didn't really want to lock in a location until she had kind of finished up and we could kind of lock in together. Um, And so... Yeah, we were actually just attending this church H2O that I'm actually working at now um, and really enjoyed it. And just kind of a door opened up for me to potentially join staff there. Um, And as Maren was nearing graduation, decided that, yeah, we really like the Bowling Green area and we would be content with settling there. And so, yeah, we bought a house here um, actually before either of us had a job in the area officially but my job was kind of in the talks and like pretty confident it was going to happen um so yeah that was kind of the next move took about a year off just like piecing together income um even worked like some carpentry for a little bit um and then yeah waiting till i could really settle in and find a place i felt like i could be at like really long term so what did that year look like for you then? Like, was it a positive, as far as your, you know, you mentioned your personal spiritual health, like, was yeah. that year a positive or was it difficult not being involved in ministry? Uh, yeah. What do those like 12 months look like for you? Yeah, I would say they were exactly what I needed. They were great for my personal spiritual health to be in a place where I didn't really have to be a leader and I could just, um, yeah, kind of be a part of things without people looking to me um, for guidance per se, and to always step up and lead in those areas. Um, Mm. In terms of a job, it was definitely challenging. There were days where I was just like exhausted because it wasn't really meaningful work. It was really just to earn enough money to get by. Um, And so, yeah, I would say in terms of a job, there were a lot of days it was exhausting, but um was exactly what I needed to be able to set myself up for another ministry position. Hmm, that is awesome. So, and, you know, and maybe it was the perfect time as well, but do you, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you and your wife started attending H2O then, and this opportunity just kind of opened up. Was this yeah. potentially which happened first? Like, did you feel like I'm ready to get back into ministry or was it this position opened up, which then kind of sparked the interest that, you know what, maybe I am interested in getting back into it. Yeah, I started to have that interest first um, and then started to just have some conversations um, with like, hey, what does H2O do in this? And I was looking at job boards um, and like, yeah, just the timing of it was incredible um, because H2O is predominantly college students. And it was only till like five years ago that they even had anything to do with like families, really. 
Um, there were a few families marginally involved before that, but we got a building downtown instead of just meeting on the college campus that really sparked a lot of families to start coming. And like about the same time I started attending there, um, they had just started a youth group up. And it had really just kind of exponentially grown throughout the time that I was there to a point where they were starting to talk about like, needing somebody to potentially oversee that in a staff position at the same time that I was really starting to think about like the next church that I would potentially work at. That is so awesome. It's so cool to hear. Uh, I, I personally, I love the, uh, the ability of 2020, you know, 2020 vision looking in the back and looking in the past, I should say. And it's awesome, yeah. you know, in your story to be able to see the Lord work and just like perfectly merge these, uh, you know, merge the the needs of H2O in this church and how they were growing and developing with you and how, you know, you took this break, you needed, you know, to kind of rejuvenate your personal spiritual health. And then we're, again, interested back into it and it just kind of... Um, you know, in quote or in uh, you know quotation marks, uh, coincidentally, uh, you know, just came together, and just mm. seeing the Lord just perfectly piece those two together. Um, yeah, it is really yeah. awesome to be able to look back and see now. Absolutely, yeah. I I think I definitely um, thank God for doing that and like um, His sovereignty and His own knowing ability in that mm. is. Um, really cool how he can just work things like that together. For sure. That is really cool. So you mentioned with H2O, you took this job because you felt like it was some place that you could see yourself long term. Mm, yeah. What made that, um, what were some of those factors that initially you said, this is some place that I can see as long term? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it was a place for me. I, I think one of the big things for me, um, which is interesting in my field, is that where you are working is also where you're attending church. And so your mm. spiritual life is is so connected to your job as well. Um, and so it was great that Marin and I just chose to attend church there, um, that it was like the place we wanted to attend church versus many times um in ministry, you go, you attend a church because it's where you work. Um, and so I think, I think a lot of people in ministry kind of burn out because of that, um, because there may be some minor theological differences or um, just some different things that um, are hard to, yeah, do well in your personal faith there. So that was just something that was really important that like, um, we were attending there already, um, and it's a church that we like totally align with and everything. Um, so that's a big piece of it because I think I can do really well spiritually there. Um, and if you don't do well spiritually as somebody who's leading others spiritually, then you can't um, really do that. And so that's a big piece of it. Um, another piece, we just really love Bowling Green, um, being from the suburbs of Akron and like my wife being from the country, just a really great town for us. Um, it's a small town feel, but also there's a lot here. Um, and so, yeah, it's a really great place that like we enjoy living. Um, and I just love how, um, 
H2O just has such a vision to reach college students um, and that I can also do college ministry and youth ministry where kind of my two passions really like blend together. Dude, that is awesome. That is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really cool to hear as far as a city and a location, you know, you and Marin are happy and, you know, love where you live, which is crucial. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's also really cool. Again, you know, another aspect like you had mentioned with youth ministry that, you know, I wouldn't have really thought of, and I feel like most people don't, is the aspect, I guess youth ministry, or just youth ministry in general, you know, that mm-hmm. you don't, you typically go to the church to, you move to this location, move to the church for the job. And, but, you know, in a different from a traditional job that, you know, your person, you know, a normal nine to five job really isn't. Uh, doesn't have as much of an impact on your personal spiritual life compared to the mm-hmm. church that you are going to. And if you are working there at that job, yeah, that's where you are ha- working there at that church. That's where you're going to attend. And in your case, it was cool to, that was not the case that this was someplace that you, um, that you and Marin enjoyed and felt like this was the church that was for you guys to attend. And then this role kind of developed and the pieces aligned. Um, you know, and you don't necessarily have that not as um, as easily, I guess, like you had mentioned, of a burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just really cool that you were able to, in a way, choose the church that you wanted to work for yeah. compared to having the church choose you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So what do things look like, you know, for you looking in the future then? We've talked about the past, talked yeah. about kind of present, what you're doing. What does the next, like, five to ten years look like, you know, as far as a goal, um, you know, professionally, and that would be, you know, within the youth ministry? Um, you know, you mentioned this kind of your specific role is something new that the church is bringing on. Um, yeah. You know, what are goals that you have for yourself and, you know, for the church's ministry in the next five to ten years? Yeah, I think thinking longer term like that, um, there's definitely a lot of goals I have um, in terms of growing the youth ministry, helping make that more sustainable, um, kind of plugging college students into that to volunteer in that. But I think longer term, two things really jump out. Um, Youth ministry is an interesting profession because many people use it as a stepping stone to become Mm -hmm. like a head pastor. Um, as it's typically easier to get a youth pastor job um, than it is a head pastor job. And so you don't see too many youth pastors really over the age of 30 or or 40. Um, And and so I I think for me, like I love the idea of being in youth ministry long term. And so five to 10 years down the road, like I would love to be mentoring these younger guys who are getting into youth ministry. Youth ministry, I would say, probably over half of youth pastors are between like 20 and 27. And so I would love to be able to just, yeah, help them out and um, develop some sort of way to build them up um, because it's definitely an easy career path to burn out in as a lot of people come when they're young and then um, don't have the tools and resources to survive in it. And so Hmm. love to do something like that. Um, Also H2O, we are like a network of a bunch of different churches. And most of those churches have been planted from Bowling Green's H2O. And so practically 
like those churches are about five to 10 to 15 years behind us um, in terms of like their growth and where they're at. Um, and so I think in the next five, 10 years, some of those other churches in the H2O network will probably start developing youth ministries. And I would love to be a person within that H2O network to really be able to help those churches of like, how do we navigate doing college ministry really well, but also doing youth ministry well and and being able to equip um, yeah leaders at other campuses as well to do youth ministry. Hmm. That is awesome. I-, I love to hear that. And that's cool to hear. Again, you know, that goes back to the very beginning. You mentioned about having a a passion for youth ministry is largely because of the impact that, you know, your youth pastor had on you growing up. And then, um, you know, the idea that it's oftentimes used as a stepping stone and you're saying like, this is a, uh, a niche that I love and it is an mm-hmm. area and a group of people that I love. And not only do I want to continue to, you know, work with youth ministry, but I want to mentor and equip others that want to be involved with youth ministry, you know, and just, you know, still be involved with youth ministry. But then that is kind of from a different angle coming from, you know, being able to help those, especially if you feel like there are, you know, oftentimes individuals that are burned out because they don't have the tools, they don't, you know, are not equipped properly, um, you know, for you to be able to, yeah, really just focus in on youth ministry and being involved one way or the other with, you know, positively impacting youth, you know, which you yeah. need, which needs somebody, especially in today's day and age, you know, they need um, that spiritual guidance and somebody to walk alongside them and to feed them mm-hmm. truth and to, um, you know, have a positive role model to look up to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's such a pivotal age of life. So many, so much of who you become is really formed in those teenage years. And so, think it's really important to yeah be a good role model there and really help them navigate those hard years of life awesome so the last question that i have for you tom that i always wrap up every episode with all right the question is what are you doing today to reach your dreams of tomorrow so in your case uh i guess more detailed question would be is you know you talked about again youth ministry but then being able to help those that want to do youth ministry. So what are kind of you doing today that you feel like can positively impact other individuals, you know, when they graduate high school, college, and they say, I want to get into youth ministry, and you say, let me walk alongside you. Like, what are you doing today that you feel confident to be able to walk alongside them, and it's not just a, you know, a shot in the dark uh, or a blind, you know, to... um, I'm starting to make this question too long, but you know, the blind leading the blind. Yes. And you don't want it. to. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think part of that is just like being faithful to the day to day, um, in and out of my job. Um, as I do that better and learn more, um, that will equip me. Um, other, other things though are, Um, I have kind of been working on starting like a network of youth pastors in the Bowling Green area of just getting together with some other guys or gals who are doing the same thing and like really working to take best practices from each other and encourage each other and share our ideas with each other. Um, so I think that. 
that is definitely a stepping stone in working with um, other youth leaders. Um, I think just, yeah, continuing to um, better myself in my job every day, though, um, because I think I think there's this notion a lot of times that like we will in five years just pop out to be whatever we want to be. Um, Mm. but really it's the day to day that gets you there that, Oh, today I became one millionth of a piece better. Right. Instead of, Oh, in five years, I'll just instantly grow. Um, so, so I think for me, it's really just that day to day of like remaining faithful to what God has called me to and what, um, I'm doing in my job and always looking to, yeah, just get better each day. Um, and part of that as well is like making sure that I'm really disciplined in my personal spiritual life. Um, because that is probably the leading factor of why people in youth ministry don't make it long. Um, there are on average, the, the average tenure of a youth pastor is about two to two and a half years. Um, and most of that comes from a lack of personal spiritual health. And so something that's just really important in my field is like making sure that I am doing a good job of like reading my Bible and being in prayer and like um, staying rooted and grounded in my faith as well. Hmm. Well, first of all, you already beat the odds then. You're already over the two, two and a half years. So dude, yes. congrats, congratulations on that, dude. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is, um, I think that's awesome. I think, you know, the network aspect of the youth pastors within Bowling Green is a great idea. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I love, absolutely love the fact, you know, that's really my whole heart behind that final question that I always ask is, you know, yeah, because I feel the same way that a lot of times with people, with no matter what the goals may be, whether it's professionally, whether it's, you know, within your marriage, whether, you know, it's personal, you know, spiritual, whatever, you know, physical goals, whatever it may be, that people just naturally assume, well, I'm just going to wake up one day and everything is going to be solved for me in five years. So I'm just going to wake up and everything's going to be better and not that this is a day-to-day, like you mentioned, the one even if it's one one millionth better, it's still better than over time, then you'll be able to see that growth and be able to see that development. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I really love when you dive in. That is literally like my entire heart behind that final <laughs> question that I ask. Yeah, um, absolutely. Man. Well, this has been awesome, Tom. Uh, it's been really great yeah. to talk to you, you know, about your story and with youth ministry and really cool to hear uh, just how the Lord has worked in your life. Um you know, from the get go and being undecided and then getting into, you know, choosing your major. And I guess actually, even before that, the heart of it is, you know, seeing that impact that somebody else had on you and saying, I want to be able to have that same impact on others and being inspired by that um, is, uh, it, I feel like to see that is inspiring for me to kind of see that and see you mm-hmm. have that ambition towards this uh, life and this career path. Thanks, bro. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, it was great chatting with you, and yeah, I'm honored to be on the Young Pro Show. We appreciate it, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for time again, Dominic. Thank you for joining, <laughs> man. I'll call you by your legal name. And, appreciate uh, that. I look forward the to the next time. <laughs> thanks for listening to another episode of the Young Pro Show. 
You can interact on social media. The Young Pro Show is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My personal pages can be found at DJFry25. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to the show. I love you all from the bottom of my heart. And God bless you.